The most important thing is to just own where you're at. If you're feeling new to prayer, if you feel like you're struggling with prayer, you feel like you're wrestling with prayer, feel like you don't know how to do it, would you be willing to lay your pride down? And like so many other things you learned how to do this last year, would you be willing to learn how to pray? Hey, welcome to season two of Praying Through. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors of Soul City Church. We're a local church right here in the heart of downtown Chicago with a global vision of helping anyone and everyone we know to find and, and follow Jesus. And as part of that, uh, I write books, and uh, a book that I wrote not too long ago is called Praying Through. That's what this whole podcast is based on. Now, a fun fact. I spent about two years working on the book, and it came out January of 2020, and within two months of the book coming out, uh, a little thing happened called a global pandemic, and the world changed, and I thought it would be uh, interesting to go back and reread the book on this side, even though we're not fully at the time of recording, we are not out of the woods, but uh, about a year and a half after writing, I thought it'd be fun to read through it and see which things I still agree with, and which things I disagree with, which things have shifted or changed, maybe new insights I have on prayer and connecting with God, and how some of these things have actually proven uh, to be so meaningful to me. In fact, there are a couple points throughout the last year and a half where I actually went back and read the words that I wrote before everything changed, and they were incredibly meaningful to me. And so I hope this is incredibly meaningful uh, to you. This is episode two, and we are going to be looking at what do we do when we're new to prayer. If you're maybe new to prayer and you found this podcast somehow or someone sent it to you and you're kind of new, maybe you're just starting out or you're, or you're just maybe starting out again, maybe after this last year and a half or so, you, you, you drifted, you lost your connection with God. And so in this chapter, we're going to be looking at uh, how do you come to prayer? How do you come to God when you're new? And my whole hope for the book and my whole hope for this podcast is that it would be uh, helpful to you, an encouragement to you, a way for you to connect with God in deep and meaningful ways. It's At the end of the day, it's not about a podcast. It's not about a book. It's about you and God and finding God in fresh ways in whatever season you may be in. And so specifically today, we're going to be talking about when you're new to prayer. There's a great quote from Emily Griffin that says, to pray means to be willing to be naive. Be naive, to actually say, I don't have it all figured out. I don't always know what to do. And so I'm coming to God, I'm turning to God because I don't know what to do or I don't know how to do this. I love that quote. And so throughout season two of the podcast, I'm going back to the book and pulling out certain sections that uh, are meaningful to me and sharing them with you, reading them with you, and then uh, you know talking about it afterwards about what's maybe shifted or changed or deepened for me uh, about these words and these ideas on prayer. So this is coming out of the first chapter of the book when I am new to prayer, and this is what I wrote. I wrote this, except for a handful of things. Everything you do, you had to learn to do. Things like breathing and, and, and sleeping and 
blinking were included in the box. And this is just a pause for the podcast. Also things like swallowing. And I just want to play a little game with you at home. Every time you hear me swallow all the spit in my mouth, you have to take a shot of whatever you've got near you. Communion wine, uh, sparkling cider, or whatever else you have with you. So things like breathing and sleeping and blinking and swallowing were included in the box. Everything else you had to learn. You had to learn how to eat solid foods, as well as which foods you liked and which ones you didn't like. You had to learn how to walk. You had to learn how to talk. You had to learn how to dress yourself post-onesies. You had to learn how to read by yourself and write without autocorrect. You had to learn how to ride a bike. You had to learn math and history and science and how to play hot cross buns on the recorder. You had to learn, albeit awkwardly, how to kiss. I mean, I could go on and on. Just about everything you know how to do was new to you at some point. Either someone taught you or you figured it out on your own. No one argues with that. The place where we often have a problem, however, is in admitting that we don't know things. No one likes to admit that they're a newbie. Acknowledging that you don't know how to do something requires a level of humility and vulnerability that doesn't always come naturally. During college, I landed a high-profile job in the domestic foods export industry. Okay, I was a pizza delivery guy, but come on, you got to admit it, it sounds way better the other way. One night when my car broke down, I had to borrow a coworker's car to keep making deliveries. So he threw me the keys and he asked me, you know how to drive stick, right? You know, which is manual transmission. Of course, I answered. I did not. It was one of the longest nights of my life as I revved and rolled my way backward through the hills of San Francisco's East Bay. This is a true story. It took me 45 minutes to deliver one pizza that was only two miles away. Now, why didn't I just answer honestly? Like, why was it so hard to admit that I didn't know how to drive stick shift? I, I do now, by the way. One word, pride. I didn't want my coworkers to know that I didn't know. Now, you may not think of yourself as a prideful person, but if you've ever found it hard to admit that you don't know something or have resisted being taught something new, then you have wrestled with pride. And when it comes to prayer, Nothing gets in the way more than pride. Our fear of vulnerability and aversion to authenticity can keep us from intimacy with God. Pride prevents prayer. If you are not ready to admit that you don't know, then you are not ready to really grow. This is why Andrew Murray, a 19th century writer and pastor, wrote that Pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. So if, however, you are willing to admit to God and yourself where you're actually at with prayer, endless possibilities await. If you can summon the courage of humility to say that you need help, that you are already well actually on your way to an ever-expanding life of prayer. 
a friend of mine recently and quite radically said yes to Jesus for the first time. As someone who's been very successful in his career and had achieved more than he could have ever dreamed of, he found himself in his mid-40s starting from the beginning with God. He didn't own a Bible. He'd never prayed before. And he had never really visited church more than two weeks in a row. Beginning a relationship with God halfway through your life can be very humbling. But rather than playing into pride, he has unapologetically owned where he is at. We got him his first Bible. Well, actually, he stole it from church, but we let that slide. He asked where he should begin in this freshly stolen Bible, and we told him the Gospel of Mark is a great place to start. He finished it in a week and then decided to read Matthew, Luke, and John all on his own. He admitted that he'd never really prayed before, but he wanted to learn. So at dinner recently, we talked about prayer, and he told me, I've been praying to God, and I haven't really heard anything from him lately, so I've just moved on to the Holy Spirit. I love that. His hunger for spiritual growth is awe-inspiring. And what is most impressive to me is his humility. When you are willing to admit where you're at, you can go just about anywhere. Perhaps the most powerful prayer for someone who is new to prayer or, or coming back to prayer is simply this. God, teach me how to pray. Rather than pretending you know it all or shaming yourself for not, can you muster the courage to meet Jesus where you are at and echo the simple request of one of Jesus' own disciples to admit that you are new and to start there. Now, again, I wrote these words, gosh, over two years ago, I guess. Well, maybe some of them even a little bit more than that. And I had no idea uh, how this idea of being new to things, having you know everything that you know how to do was new to you at some point. Which is true, you know, when you think about it, everything you know how to do was new to you at some point. I had no idea at this stage of my life how many things I would have to learn how to do over the last year and a half. Think about all the things you had to learn how to do or you chose to learn how to do. I remember when everyone was first in lockdown and when we were trying to, you know, beat the spread of this thing in the very beginning. We thought it'd be like two weeks, maybe a month. All kinds of people took to all kinds of new hobbies. I mean, there was a huge like bread baking, sourdough bread baking craze that people were all trying to learn. People who had never made bread before were suddenly locked up in their apartments or in their homes trying to figure out how to make sourdough bread. There was a lot of crocheting going on, people learning how to crochet things, you know, because we had some new time and space in our hands that we hadn't had before. I mean, I just think to the fact that I had never used Zoom before. I think I used it once or, or twice for a podcast that I was on and, you know, just was like, oh, well, I guess that's just for that. Then I, I used it every single day, all day every single day. You had to learn how to do it, right? I mean, you had to learn how to work from home. You had to learn how to manage having kids if you have kids in the house all day and still getting your job done. You had to learn how and when were the best times to buy toilet paper, <laughs> you know, in the beginning. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that people had to learn. I remember for me, one of the things that I learned that I'd never really done before, maybe once or twice in my life, but never really done before, I got really into washing my car 
which I know sounds so dad of me, but it's true. I did. I just got really into it. Like I wanted to to learn, like, how do I really do this right and well? Because I had a little more time and a little more space in my hands than I'd had before. And I'd always kind of outsource that to someone else. I was like, no, I want to learn how to do this. I want to do it the right way. And so, you know, I watched all kinds of videos on it. And then I had to get the proper tools to do it. And every time I had to buy something new for washing our car, I would (laughs) have to tell Jeannie, my wife, I'd have to tell her, look, I am spending all this money to save us money over the long haul. I mean, I could honestly, I could probably do a whole podcast just on car washing. Like I'm legitimately considering doing a car washing podcast because you got to really kind of figure out what kind of person are you? Are you a two bucket person? Are you uh, a spray foam person? You know, do you have the proper microfiber towels? Do you start with the inside, then do the outside, outside, then do the, I mean, come on, listen, we could, there, there's a pot in there somewhere. Just think about all the things that you had to learn to do just over the last year and a half that you did not know how to do before. I think of um, the small group. I've led a small group with my friend Mark here at Soul City Church for 10 years now, which is incredible to me. And we'd always done it the same way. We would meet in person, sometimes at six in the morning, sometimes at seven in the morning, ungodly hours before God's even awake, we would meet and do this group, this men's small group. And we had to learn now how to do it uh, online. We had to learn how to do it over Zoom. We had to learn how to, how do you foster connection with each other? How do you walk with each other when you can't be with each other? And we had to figure it out and we had to figure it out quick. And in fact, I was just hanging with my friend Mark the other night and we were talking about the next round of the men's group that we want to lead. And both he and I have decided that we want to continue to do it on Zoom. Even though right now at this particular moment, it's safe for us to be together in person. We just love the fact that we had to learn this new thing and then open up the possibility for men um, that had been a part of our church or had moved or whatever, they could still be in our group. We could still be connected with each other because we'd learned how to do a group on Zoom. In fact, here's a fun fact. I was in another group and uh, you know, I talked about my buddy who uh, had you know, kind of recently had this sort of radical conversion, kind of the middle point in his life to Jesus and had started consuming the Bible and and praying more and more. What's so fun is I was actually in a group during the pandemic. It started in January and then uh, we had to figure out how to move it all to Zoom. But that group was led by that guy. I was in a group with that guy as the leader. We all have things that we have to learn how to do. And I think, as I said in that section that I read, uh, pride is one of the biggest uh, things that prevents prayer. If you are unwilling to admit that you don't know what you're doing or don't know how to do it or that you're new to prayer, if you if you can't get honest with that, then it really is going to keep you from deep and, and, and meaningful and authentic and, and intimate connection with God. Would you be willing to actually own that. Maybe there's some pride in there. Maybe for you, it's like, oh man, I just, I I feel like I should know how to do this. Or maybe you've been around prayer for a while or, but you know, you're, you're kind of coming back to it and it feels clunky and clumsy. And would you be willing to lay down that pride and, and just start where you're at to maybe ask for help? Maybe there's someone that you know, or look up to respect and, and maybe you, you can ask them for support. Can you support me as I'm trying to make this a part of my regular rhythm, my everyday life with God? And would you be willing to lay down your pride and actually practice prayer? I mean, think about everything you learned how to do. You did not know how to do it at first. You had to practice it. You probably did it 
wrong. You probably, you know, messed up or, you know, you broke something or, you, you know, you, 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 you just had to figure it out, right? I mean, I think about, for me, even just like learning how to wash cars, like, well, I should know how to do this, right? It's just like some soap and some water. And so, no, I, I watched hours and it's shocking to even say that there are hours of YouTube tutorials, but I watched hours of YouTube tutorials on washing a car. I had to learn. I had to humble myself and go, well, here I am at this stage of life. I don't really know how to do this. So I want to learn. And so would you be willing to practice and practice again and keep coming at it and keep showing up, be willing to stumble and, and, and fumble a bit. If you're new to prayer, I think you know, two ideas that come to mind. Um, the, this book, this book that I wrote, Praying Through, is a great way for you to sort of learn. And each chapter has practices for you to practice a new way of praying. And maybe that's a great way for you to learn how to pray. In fact, even in this in this chapter, the first chapter of the book, I walk through the Lord's Prayer, you know, obviously the most iconic prayer. It's like, it's like the goat prayer of the Bible, right? So I walk through the Lord's prayer and, and, and kind of push into or push against the way that I learned that prayer, which is as a kid, I grew up around church and the Bible and prayer and stuff. I was taught to memorize it. So I, I did, I memorized it. I still have it memorized to this day. That's important. That's great. That's meaningful. But I think there's more to it than that. And so even in this chapter, I walk through the movements of that prayer that Jesus, when his disciples asked him in Luke 11, like, teach us how to pray. He gave them a way to pray. And I kind of break down the movements of Jesus's prayer into using these five words. Wow, please, help, thanks, and yes. Wow, please, help, thanks, Yes. And they're just it's just kind of a way of looking at prayer and, and maybe almost, I mean, if you can like swallow your pride long enough, it's a way of kind of putting some training wheels on, you know, and going, okay, well, what if I could kind of put my own words to, to these words? Wow, please help. Thanks. Yes. I unpack those obviously a lot more in the book. And so maybe that's a great place for you to start. But I think the most important thing is to just own where you're at. If you're feeling new to prayer, if you feel like you're struggling with prayer, you feel like you're wrestling with prayer, you feel like you don't know how to do it, would you be willing to lay your pride down? And like so many other things you learned how to do this last year, would you be willing to learn how to pray, how to connect with God? And so that's really what this book and what this podcast is about. I want to pray for you right now as we wrap it up. But before I do, uh, I want to make sure that you know um, to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure that you're following it. Subscribe to it so that you get every episode right when they drop. And uh, if you want to follow along with me, you can do that on Instagram. It's really the only platform I'm on these days, at Jarrett Stevens. There's more about the book. There's some free resources. There's a discussion guide and a kind of personal reflection guide on the website. If you want to grab that to go through it with the book and learn more about the book, you can actually do that there. But what I would love to do is pray for you. That's kind of how I want to wrap this up. So I know you're probably in the middle of something right now, but I wonder if you would just be willing to pause for a moment. Uh, If you're driving, you obviously don't need to close your eyes. That's not great. But just let this prayer be my prayer for you right now in this moment. So, you know, as best we can over a pod, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for giving me, for giving us a way to pray. 
even when we don't know what to say. Thank you for teaching me, for teaching us, just as you taught your disciples. Would you help us to not overcomplicate prayer? Remind me, remind us that you are not seeking uh, perfection in prayer, but have given us an invitation to transformation through prayer. Thank you that you know me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you hear me. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that even as I pray this prayer, as someone's hearing this prayer right now, you're teaching us how to pray. Yes and amen. Thanks again so much for listening to this. I hope you join me for the next one. Until then, keep on praying through.